0: What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The CPA Zone, podcast where we discuss tax strategies and accounting tips for entrepreneurs and real estate investors. My name's Ryan Puyles, and our company, The Pulis Group, offers tax planning and advisory services for entrepreneurs like you. Whether it's bookkeeping, tax planning, or CFO services that you're looking for, we've got you covered. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about your choice of business entity structure and how that may impact your taxes. So there are generally five different entity types to choose from for your business, and that's sole proprietor, partnership, S-corporation, C-corporation, or limited liability company, usually referred to as an LLC. Now, a few clarifying points on this list so technically, an S-corporation is a tax election. So an LLC or a corporation can choose to be taxed as an S-corporation by filing a form with the IRS. And an LLC is really, it's simply a state-level entity type. The IRS will treat the LLC as one of the four other types of entities. So by default, a single-member LLC is treated as a sole proprietor. And a multi-member LLC is going to be treated as a partnership. So now let's take a look at each of the entity types and how they can impact your taxes. So first we have the sole proprietorship. A sole proprietorship is an unincorporated business run by one person. It's very easy to set up, very cheap to set up and maintain. The taxes are all reported on Schedule C of your personal tax return. So the tax reporting is pretty simple and straightforward. The sole proprietor is subject to income taxes. And when you're dealing with an ordinary business, it's also going to be subject to self-employment taxes. So as a self-employed individual, you're going to pay the employee and employer side of self-employment taxes. And those are your social security and Medicare tax. So combined, the employee and employer side make up 15.3% for the total self-employment taxes. That's you have 6.2% employee and employer social security, and then one45 for Medicare employee and employer combined. That's a total of 15.3%. That's on top of your normal income tax. So there's it's often a surprise to many people that you, when you have this 15.3% self-employment tax taxed on, in addition to your income tax, how much they're actually paying. Now, when you go work for someone else and you're paid on a W-2, you have the employee half of those payroll taxes deducted from your paycheck, the self, the Social Security and the Medicare, and the employer has to match and pay the other half. So technically, that employer is paying, the employer is covering that employer's side, and that's money you would otherwise receive as an employee. However, it can't go to you. It's being paid to the government by your employer. So it's not that you're paying more in tax as a self-employed individual. It's just you would generally otherwise wouldn't see that income when you're working for someone else. So with the sole proprietor entity type, what you don't have is liability protection. You have what's called unlimited liability, meaning all of your personal assets are at risk. Now, I'm not an attorney. and You should always speak to an attorney when you're uh, establishing a business type and filing with the state. However... What we like to see and what we recommend is using a single member LLC because they're taxed exactly the same as a sole proprietor. And now you have some liability protection in place as long as you operate the business like a business. Next entity on our list is the partnership. So a partnership is an unincorporated business run by more than one person. And similar to the sole proprietor, a partnership is has unlimited liability for the general partners. So we also like to see the use of an LLC here. So you use a multi-member LLC, which is by default taxed as a partnership. So partnerships are often referred to as pass-through entities, similar to S-corporations, because the income from the partnership passes through to the partners. So the income and expense are reported on Form 1065, and then the partnership issues a K-1 to the respective partners with their share of the income and expense. Then the K-1 is used to report that income on the partner's personal income tax returns on page two of Schedule E. Partnerships are very flexible, so we like to see those utilized in many situations. You can have virtually an unlimited number of partners. Other entity types like S-Corporations and Z-Corporations are allowed to be partners in partnerships. So when you need flexibility, the partnership or multi-member LLC is probably going to be the way to go. Now, another downside is when you're an active partner in a partnership, all of that income that's coming through and picked up as income on your personal tax return is generally going to be subject to self-employment taxes, again, on the full amount of that K-1 income. So you're going to have income tax plus the self-employment taxes, just like a sole proprietor. Partnerships do come with more complex tax rules than, say, an individual return, which this is going to be the case with any business entity that has a separate tax filing. So partnerships file a separate return, the 1065, as we discussed. S-corporations have their own separate returns, same with C-corporations. So you do deal with a bit more complexity in the tax rules there. However, it's also nice to report a balance sheet with your P&L. So most business entities are either required to report a balance sheet when gross receipts exceed $250,000, But if you're not required, at least with our firm, we generally report a balance sheet anyway because you give the IRS a more complete set of numbers. They have a balance sheet and the P&L, which general tax return, like on an individual level, is simply a P&L. So the IRS has both and you get a, a balance sheet that rolls forward with comparative years, like is the case on business tax returns then they have a better set of information and actually you see business returns audited less frequently than individual returns. So now let's move on to our next pass through entity type, the S corporation. So an S corporation files its tax return on form 1120 S. And again, a K-1 is issued to the shareholders. Now shareholders that are active in the business are also required to take a reasonable salary. So you have to determine what's a reasonable salary for the work that's being performed, and you'll pay that as W-2 wages, just like you would any other employee. So in an S-corporation, your shareholders are going to receive two documents reporting income, a W-2 and a K-1. Now, the nice thing about the S-corporation, and one of the reasons many people decide to go with an S-corporation, is only the W-2 portion of income is subject to the self-employment taxes. The remaining income reported on the K-1 is not subject to self-employment taxes. So let's say your business is earning $100,000 a year and you make an election to be taxed as an S corporation and you determine that a reasonable salary is $50,000 a year. So you'll receive a W-2 for $50,000 subject to self-employment taxes. Now you're going to pay the employee and employer side because the business is going to cover the employer portion. And the employee portion will be withheld from your W-2 wages, just like any other employee. So that $50,000 is subject to the self-employment taxes, or I'm sorry, the payroll taxes, Social Security and Medicare, while the remaining $50,000 in profit that's reported to you on a K-1 is not. That money could be pulled out as a distribution if it's needed. It could be reinvested back into the company. The key is it's not subject to those payroll taxes, Social Security and Medicare, which $50,000 times 15.3%, that's a little over $7,500. So by making that election as an S-corporation, you're saving yourself quite a bit of money in payroll taxes. Also, many states now are allowing pass-through entities, partnerships, and S-corporations to make what's called a pass-through entity tax election and pay the state taxes at the entity level, making them deductible for federal taxes. So what this does is essentially bypass the $10,000 salt limitation on your personal return on Schedule A. You are instead paying the state tax at the entity level, which is deductible for federal income taxes. But most states, they tend to add that back on the state tax return. Whatever's paid at the entity level on that pass through entity tax return for the state ends up being treated as a credit on your personal return. But it makes those taxes deductible and is another nice benefit for pass-through entities, partnerships, and S-corporations. Now, S-corporations do have some limitations or downside. One is, again, they come with more complex tax rules, just like a partnership. There's also a limit on the number of shareholders you can have in an S-corporation. They're limited to 100 shareholders. Now, sometimes you can get a little over that when you're dealing with family members because a family group of family members will be treated as a single shareholder, Also, there's limitations on who can be a shareholder in an S corporation. So it's only individuals and certain trusts can be shareholders. The C corporation is not eligible. A partnership is not eligible. And there's very little, there's very little flexibility in distributions. So when one shareholder takes a distribution, all other shareholders have to take an equal distribution based on ownership or you jeopardize losing your S status which means the S corporation would revert into a C corporation. So you need to be careful, make sure all distributions are equal and that all of your shareholders are eligible. You don't want to risk that S election status. So next, let's talk about a C corporation. So a C corporation is treated as a separate taxpaying entity. It's totally separate from the owners. A C corporation files Form 1120 And owners are typically paid a salary, especially if they're active in the corporation. They still have a reasonable salary requirement. And in addition to salary, they may receive dividend payments. Now it's C corporations tend to be best for businesses that are looking to reinvest their profits and grow. Large publicly traded companies are typically C corporations, while smaller companies more often go with the S election. However, Sometimes you want to use the C-Corporation because you have plans to grow. Maybe you want to be acquired or go public at some point, in which case the C-Corporation is going to likely be your best entity choice. So C-Corporations also provide some of the best asset protection. If shareholders are looking to maximize fringe benefits, C-Corporation is generally going to be the best bet. There are limitations on fringe benefits with partnerships and S-Corporations. Another great benefit of the C-Corporation is what's called Section 1202. That's an exclusion of gains on the sales of qualified small business stock. This allows a taxpayer to exclude the gain from the sale or exchange of certain qualified small business stock, which are C-corporations. You can exclude up to $10 million or 10 times your basis in those shares, whichever is greater. Now, there are certain rules the taxpayer has to pass and the corporation itself must pass before you can use this exclusion. But it's a very underutilized section of the code, at least until recently when the corporate rates were dropped to 21%, you started seeing folks take a bit more advantage of this. It's a really sweet tax strategy, especially if you have plans to sell your business. If you can structure the deal as a stock sale and exclude $10 million, that's tax-free income. So that's one of the greatest strategies out there in my opinion. Now the main downside to the c corporation is the double taxation so corporations are taxed at a flat 21 percent for federal taxes And if the owners intend to take any money out of the company in the form of a dividend payment it's taxed again on their personal return so with an s corporation a partnership you can really take distributions out of the business when you need them in the case of a c corporation the owners take money out as a salary if they're active in the corporation. Any other money that they would like to pull out of the business comes in the form of a dividend. So the dividends are are taxed on your personal return, and that's after the 21 corporate tax rate has been assessed on the same income. So the net income is subject to the 21% corporate tax rate, and then dividends are paid out of that and then taxed again on the owner's personal return. So you have this double taxation. This is why we generally recommend using the C-corporation structure for businesses that you plan to reinvest profits and grow rather than pull money out of in the form of dividends. Unless we think that you qualify for the Section 1202 exclusion, then paying that double tax in the interim may be worth it if we've got an exit strategy down the road. Now let's talk a bit about limited liability companies or LLCs. As I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, An LLC is a structure, a business structure created by state statute. Single-member LLCs are by default taxed as sole proprietors unless an election is made to be taxed as an S or C corp, and multi-member LLCs are by default taxed as a partnership. Again, an election can be made to be taxed as an S or C corp. The LLC structure itself offers no tax advantages. The LLC is taxed as one of the other entity types by the IRS So there's no tax advantage to having an LLC. What the LLC provides is liability protection or asset protection by limiting your liability. So that's why we like to see the LLC in place. And again, if you'd like to make an S election, you have to have an LLC or a corporation in place to make that election anyway, a sole proprietor can't do it. So generally we advise going with with an LLC right off the bat. So you've got that entity type in place. So that about wraps it up on our talk of the various different entity types. Just to summarize, there are five total. We have got the sole proprietorship, a partnership, S-corporation, C-corporation, and then the LLCs. So S-corporation, again, simply a tax election. And the LLC is a state-level entity type that the IRS will treat as one of the other entity types for tax purposes. Single-member LLC taxes a sole proprietor by default, multi-member LLC taxes a partnership, and each of the other entity types, sole proprietor, partnership, S-Corporation, C-Corporation, have different tax advantages. So when you're deciding on what entity type to go with, it's always best to consult with your advisor and really think through the long term and how that entity choice might impact you over the life of your business. So that about does it for this episode. Thank you for listening. We are taking on new clients. So if you'd like to work with us, you can hit us up on our webpage at thepulisgroup.com forward slash contact. That's T-H-E-P-U-L-I-C-E-G-R-O-U-P dot forward slash contact. Thank you.